This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, yet another judge throws out President Biden's vaccine mandate, this time for the entire country. An effort is underway to figure out just how many federal programs there are. And the Senate finally gets around to confirming a handful of the president's nominees for the Homeland Security Department. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Another legal setback for the Biden administration's efforts to get federal contractors vaccinated. A federal court in Georgia issued a nationwide injunction yesterday blocking the government from enforcing the contractor mandate anywhere in the United States. The court found the president never had the legal authority to issue the mandate in the first place. A Kentucky judge issued a similar ruling last week, but that injunction only affected a handful of states. The State Department's watchdog links IT staffing to repeated delays in technology modernization. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. More than a decade into plans to modernize and consolidate 90 legacy systems, the department's Office of Consular Systems and Technology, or CST, has only conducted one pilot of a single system component and missed several deployment dates for other systems. The State Department's IG office finds the vacancy rate in the IT office over the past seven years was at least 28%. The department's chief information officer says staffing definitely played a role in the delays. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. How many programs does the federal government have? It's a tough question, but the Office of Management and Budget is getting some answers. OMB launched a pilot in the final months of the Trump administration to assemble an inventory of all federal programs. Agencies submitted data for more than 800 programs, but that's just scratching the surface. OMB estimates there are at least 5,000 programs. The 2010 Government Performance and Results Act Modernization Act requires OMB to develop a single website with an inventory of all federal programs, but that goal has not yet been achieved. The Chief Financial Officers Council gave OMB half a million dollars to develop systems as part of this effort. The two-year probationary period is on its way out for civilian employees at the Defense Department. It usually serves as a trial for new hires to ensure they're a good fit for the job. DOD employees currently earn full federal job protections after completing a two-year trial period, but House and Senate leaders agreed to repeal it through the 2022 Annual Defense Policy Bill. That's just a few years after Congress mandated. That's just a few years after Congress mandated a study of the two-year probationary period at the Pentagon. The House and Senate come to a compromise on the year's biggest defense policy bill. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni has more. Congress plans to authorize $777 billion for the military in 2022. The request exceeds the White House's request by $25 billion. The defense authorization bill also gives service members a 2.7% pay increase. The final version of the legislation may run into some opposition during the final vote. Conferees watered down a provision that moved the prosecution of serious crimes out of the chain of command. That part of the bill had the support of a supermajority in the Senate and 220 House lawmakers. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. Cyber incident reporting will not make it into this year's defense bill. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday has more on that. The compromise NDAA released yesterday leaves cyber incident reporting requirements on the cutting room floor. The House had passed legislation that would have required critical infrastructure operators to report cyber attacks to the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. But the Senate failed to come to an agreement on its own version of that legislation. 
Democrats blamed Senate Republican leaders for not prioritizing the issue during negotiations. Nevertheless, lawmakers pledged to continue attempts to include the incident reporting mandates in future legislation. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. The Air Force Research Laboratory put up a new satellite into orbit that will evaluate commercial off-the-shelf technologies in near-Earth space environments. The CubeSat is the first of several cheaper experiments the lab is to send into space to lay the groundwork for small satellites in geosynchronous space areas. Ultimately, the lab wants to create a spacecraft that can survive in those lower space environments and facilitate future prototypes. FEMA is planning to take control of its supply chain from the cloud. Federal News Network's Jason Miller tells us how. A 2006 law directed FEMA to improve how it manages its supply chain. FEMA is finally trying to meet those requirements through a cloud service as they were laid out in the post-Katrina Emergency Management Reform Act. FEMA released a request for information seeking industry feedback on the availability of an end-to-end supply chain visibility service. The agency says it wants an assortment of capabilities, including purchasing and ordering, warehouse management, and the ability to track and report the location of assets and commodities in real time. Responses to the RFI are due by March 2nd. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. The Department of Homeland Security's leadership ranks are slowly filling out. Yesterday, the Senate voted 50-47 to to confirm Chris Magnus as Commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Magnus is currently the police chief of Tucson, Arizona. The Senate also confirmed Eric Hooks to be Deputy Administrator of FEMA. He was previously the head of North Carolina's public safety program. The Senate has now confirmed nine of the Biden administration's DHS nominees. Four more Homeland Security picks are awaiting action in the Senate. Jessica Rosenworcel is the first woman to be the chairperson of the Federal Communications Commission. The Senate confirmed Rosenworcel on Monday. She served as an FCC commissioner since 2012 and was interim chairwoman since January. Rosenworcel replaces Ajit Pai, who left in January after four years as the chairman. She takes over the FCC during a time of growth. The Biden administration wants to increase the commission's budget by 14 percent in fiscal 2022 as it continues to play an important role in ensuring access to broadband during the pandemic. And President Biden picked over 200 top career executives for the civil service's highest honor. More from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. 230 members of the Senior Executive Service are winners of the 2021 Presidential Rank Awards. The awards go out to a small percentage of top-performing career executives each year. Winners receive cash bonuses worth 20 to 35 percent of their salaries. This year's winners come from 37 different agencies. One executive created TSA PreCheck, another uncovered billions of dollars in healthcare fraud. The Biden administration reinstated the awards after the previous one canceled them due to the pandemic. Nicole Ligrisco, Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.